0: Well, hello, lovely humans, and welcome to Engage, a wedding planning podcast for the modern-day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time-consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers, and you go on your merry way, because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. My wedding is in 45 days eek! Uh, and I'm starting to get so nervous about our vendors. They were so responsive when we first hired them, but now there are several who go days at a time without responding to my emails. Is this normal? It could be a lot of us are. a lot of vendors are getting super inundated with work right now or super inundated with emails. It could be one of those situations where they're like, you know what, I'm going to have to deem this as not important and just get back to you in a few days. A few days is uh, can feel very stressful for you, obviously, because we're coming down to the wire for your event. But for a vendor, they're like, we've done this before. We're used to this. They should be responding or at least making you feel a little bit better. But even I go, uh, days not responding to emails too. And it's not because I don't into to get back to people. It's just because things are really full. If you are starting to feel uncomfortable though, please feel free to reach out to your vendors and say, hey... Let me know if I'm like, am I asking too much or, you know, I feel a lot more comfortable if maybe we just discussed a few of these points. Let them know what your concerns are because they want to support you and they want to be helpful. They just may not know that on the other end, you're uh, feeling frustrated or anxious or nervous about their lack of response. So feel free to communicate that with them, especially if you already had such a good rapport with them in the beginning, you should be totally fine. It just, it takes a little bit of confidence um, to ask those questions, but I think they would be pretty welcoming of helping you out if you're feeling a little nervous or stressed by their lack of response. <laughs> If you thought for one second that I was going to start a brand new podcast and not bring over Generation Tux to join me, you are sorely mistaken. But you guys, there's a reason that I keep talking about them. There's a reason that I'm so obsessed with them. And one of them is all of the free offerings to you as the wedding couple. Number one, free swatches. If you want to do color comparison or compare it to any dresses or linens or florals, they will send you free swatches. Number two, a free home try-on for the wedding couple with free round-trip shipping. All of that's free. (laughs) Uh, Number three. With five paid rentals, the groom gets his suit rental for free. Number four, with seven paid rentals, the groom gets his rental for free and then gets to keep the suit. You guys, if I've not convinced you to check out Generation Tux at this point, I don't I don't know who will. Head on over to wolferandco.com forward slash suits to claim your free prize today. <laughs> for vendor meals, do I need to add another table for them to eat at? What if there's no hidden space to add a table? Um. Okay, so... As a vendor, I don't like eating <laughs> with the rest of the crowd. You could ask me, I was like, I'm just going to go sit over here. <laughs> like we find a spot to eat. A table is much appreciated, but even if there's an outdoor space, we'll go eat there. It gives us a minute to not be on. It gives us a little bit of time to like sit and eat our food. I, I don't sit and eat food. My team always makes fun of me. <laughs> uh, I know I'm always moving at events, but Someplace disconnected from everywhere else is perfectly fine. If there isn't a location, sometimes we'll sneak into the getting ready room and go eat there. So you shouldn't really, if you can find a spot for a table, that's amazing, of course. Or ask your venue where they typically have, uh, they host vendor meals, like where the vendors usually go to eat? Most places will have an answer for that. Um, okay. This one's a little bit of a backstory. How do you handle major shifts to plans by vendors? Woof. <laughs> We're less than two months out and had paid at our venue to be the only wedding that day. They have two potential wedding spaces, but it's not a big space and would be crowded to have more than one wedding. Our venue coordinator called me a few days ago into that cocktail hour space or the cocktail space. When I sent her the contract with that room listed, she said, oh, we can split the room, I guess. She's been cold with me since, and I'm concerned that because I insisted she stick to her contract that I'm going to have to deal with an angry venue coordinator. How do I deal with this dynamic moving forward? Let her be angry. That's fine. You called her on this bluff. They, they know what's in that contract unless she didn't read it. She might be new. She might not be the initial person that you had dealt with. I am so mad on your behalf. You stick to your contract. You paid money to have access to that entire space. You do not split that with somebody else. As far as dealing with that dynamic, if you feel uncomfortable with that confrontation, pass it off to someone else who can help you deal with that. That would not be something that I would handle successfully if it was my event. Now, on behalf of my clients, boom, I'll be a bulldog. But for me myself, that would be hard for me. I would have my husband deal with that instead because he would be the first person to be like, "Oh, let's get ready to rumble," you know, like he he would enjoy the confrontation. Not so much me. So as far as handling the dynamic moving forward, if you choose to, you could say something along the lines of, "I'm I'm feeling a." I'm sensing some frustration on your part because I'm uh, asking to hold true to the contract. I'd be more comfortable moving forward if we had discussions through uh, my fiance or through this person or with this person involved, just to make sure uh, everything goes smoothly. That's a perfectly acceptable thing to say. You can pass off communication. They have done wrong by you. So it's okay for her to be mad. Let her be mad. It's like, uh, I hate to make it sound patronizing, but it's like with my children. I'm like, you could be mad, that's fine. That's perfectly okay. It's what you do with it that matters. So she, she got caught in an unfortunate situation, whether she knew about it or not. So if she's mad, that's all right. It doesn't affect your day, but if it does make you feel uncomfortable about the confrontation, then feel free to bring someone else. And I am so sorry that you were going through that. Are you feeling lost or overwhelmed with wedding planning? Why does this also sound like an infomercial? <laughs> take a deep breath. You are in the right place. I've put together this amazing, if I do say so myself, wedding planning checklist that tells you all the things that you need to be doing and when you need to be doing them. A step-by-step path just for you. You can grab your step-by-step wedding planning checklist now at weddingchecklist.co. That's weddingchecklist.co. Erin asked, average price per invitation with detail on an RSVP card. Um, what's a good price for invitations with details? An RSVP card is $275 a lot for 30 invitations. I'm gonna do math. <laughs> I mean, we're close to 10 bucks. That's that would be on the more expensive end. I think 10 to 15 per invitation is definitely more expensive. You can find something, of course, for much cheaper or almost entirely free if you do a digital invite. So as far as a good price, it's up to you. If you're not DIYing them, you're falling into the range of a professional doing them for you. You know, eight to ten dollars is reasonable if you are hiring someone to do that. If you are DIYing, there are very there are quite a few ways to make that less expensive. Sam asked for our invitations. We want to keep it simple and direct everyone to our website via QR code for all the details, including RSVP. For that's hard to get everyone to RSVP. Is this a good idea or should we do physical RSVP cards? QR codes are a nightmare. They're just under, I'm so sorry to burst your bubble without any sugarcoating on that. Do not do QR codes. So many people, I know they've existed for so long, they just don't know how to use them. So you will you will end up dealing with more confusion um, than is helpful. Instead, just type out your domain for your wedding website. A QR code is cute. If you want to include that, go ahead, but also include your donate your domain. You don't have to do physical RSVP cards. You can, but you don't have to. And then the cards don't up the likelihood of people RSVPing either. <laughs> Because it's so simple to do so online, and yet people don't do it. So, what's the best way to mitigate costs for bridesmaids? One, don't put any sort of mandate or requirement on what they're supposed to wear. No color, no style, nothing. They can show up wearing a paper bag or kimono or overalls for all you care. That is, I want a dress, just any dress. It could be T length, it could be floor length. The more stipulations you put on it, the more specific you get, the less you have room for creativity. So if, for example, you allow your wedding party to pick their own pink dresses, as long as they're floor length, someone could find it at Goodwill. Someone could borrow it from their sister. Someone could, you know, you have so many more options if you don't have parameters on that. So that's one way to mitigate costs for bridesmaids. Another way is to either cover cost of hair and makeup for them, which I know is expensive. So don't feel like you have to do that or could offer it or just tell them that they don't have to do that at all because that's, again, another $150, $200. Uh, That would be a high cost um, if you are doing a bachelorette weekend or turn it into a bachelorette day and try to keep it local. Anytime someone has to travel or take off a lot of work to make something happen, including like half day on Friday or maybe half day on Monday if things got a little too crazy on Sunday, keep it local, keep it simple, get an Airbnb, have a sleepover at someone's house, it's, it's when we think of the stereotypical things of everyone wearing the same exact dress, of these lavish weekends in Vegas, um, of perfect hair and perfect makeup, all of those stereotypes are the most expensive ones. So anytime you can kind of pull back and go, I'm going to go ahead and say no to this. We're going to pull this back and consistently reminding your wedding party that like you want to make this financially feasible for people. Um, also, I saw TikTok recently where letters to her bridesmaids and basically is like, here's the list of like commitments and time commitments that might be expected of you. If you join our wedding party, if this doesn't work for you, you have my blessing to go. It just, we have to break that mold of what is expected for the, um, society's standard and keep having those honest conversations. If you are struggling with wedding planning and you have questions and you just need someone to listen and to chat with, come join us in the Master Plan community over at Masterplanwed.com. I would love to have you in there. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can let the podcast people know that Jamie knows what she's talking about sometimes. <laughs> and until next time, bye guys.